The following audio is from Fathom Church in downtown Littleton, Colorado. More information about Fathom can be found at fathomchurch.org. We're going to get into um, our study this morning, so go ahead and open up your Bibles to Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is where we are at. We are actually in chapter 5 now. So if you um, don't have a Bible, grab the ones underneath your chair. That's going to be found on page 978 in those Bibles. So open up to Ephesians 5 or get your phone and your tablet, whatever it is. Um, if you're joining us online, grab your Bibles too, or you can click the little Bible tab um, on the side as well. Um, like Pastor Chris uh, actually said last week, we're sort of into the, we're into the second half uh, of this book of Ephesians, really the behaviors half. Okay, if you remember, uh, the first half of Ephesians, sort of uh, chapters one through three, dealt with belief, right? And in those chapters, we had Paul talking about how God chose us, right? Like how, how we truly come to know God and know who God is, how we are depraved, how we are dead, uh, completely dead in our sin, but how God uh, re- restores us, reconciles us to him. Uh, those are just some of the things, but now we're in the second half of Ephesians, All right, The second half of Ephesians with these last few weeks now hearing Paul transition sort of from this teaching of belief Uh, to these new Christians in Ephesus, to the behaviors that ought to come out of that belief, right? So um, these are the behaviors that follow the beliefs. We've heard that a lot. Um, We've heard that a lot this series, uh, that we need to get the belief right first, right? And then move into the, the behaviors that come out of that belief. So this is that belief precedes behavior. We've talked about that almost every single week now. And today's text isn't, isn't any different. Okay. It isn't any different. Uh, Paul will lay out some more behaviors for us, some more actions uh, that should emanate from a Christian's life. All right. More things a Christian should be living out. So we're going to start reading in this section. So follow along with me in uh, chapter five. We're going to start in verse one. It says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Um, so many of you know uh, my kids. Um, one, my oldest son, Austin, is six now, and he actually he started at a new school this year. So it's kind of new for all of us, but he started first grade at a new school, and most days I get to pick him up from school, which is pretty awesome, and we get to have chats on the way um, home from school, how his day went. Um, I get to ask him uh, things, but uh, usually this is kind of how it goes is um, I'll ask him something like, hey, hey, bud, how was school? Like, what'd you do today? And already I'm getting the, I don't know. And I know it's, I know it's early. Some of you parents are like, oh, it's, it's just begun. Um, but for my six-year-old, I'm going I don't know. I'm like, okay, do you like really not know what you did? Do you, you just finished class. Do you remember what you did? Well, I, I don't really know. I've got a six-year-old going on 16. Um, so that's most days though. But just the other day, um, as I was picking him up, he jumped in the car. I could tell like, he had like a lot of energy and he's pretty crazy like most six-year-olds are. Uh, but this day I was like, hey buddy, like how was your day? W- what did you do? And what I got back was, hey buddy, how was your day? What did you do? I'm like, oh, okay. Um, did you have a good day? He said, did you have a good day? I'm like, all right, what is going on here? What is going on here? I'm like, okay, 
I see what's, I see what's going on here. Um, parents, you understand this, especially of little ones. Uh, I learned pretty quickly through all the giggles and the saying, repeating everything. I was saying that he learns, he did learn something today in school. Um, and that was, I guess you'd call it the copying game where little kids just copy everything you say and think it's hilarious. Um, and needless to say, the rest of the drive home was a lot of fun. Um, but, but we get home, okay? We get home after a drive, a drive home of all of that. We get home and Austin runs upstairs to his room and he grabs something and he brings it back down. And what it was was um, a Colorado Rockies hat that he, that he put on. And it was actually my hat. It was one of my old hats. So it doesn't fit him. It's pretty big. But of course, he doesn't want his own. He wants one of mine. So I gave it to him. And so he goes and, and he puts that on. And I realized that, oh, I, I was wearing my own Rocky's hat that day too. So I had my, my hat on and I, was, and I just said to him, I was like, hey, why'd you go put that on? And my six-year-old said, because I want to be like you, dad. And I'm like, all right, tear. Like that's <laughs> pretty sweet. Um, but for like the next 20 minutes or so, um, it was, he was following me around everywhere, saying what I'm saying and doing what I was doing. And um, if it wasn't for that sweet little moment, um, I would have been going crazy for sure. I would have lost my mind, but um, it was kind of sweet. Uh, and f- that, that's, but that's natural, right? It's, it's, it's really a natural desire for us to want to be like our parents at, at some point in, in our lives, right? I'm sure most of us have had those, those moments where we looked up to either our mom or our dad and we copied everything that they did or wanted to be like them. We tried on the same clothes, wore the same clothes, um, walked like they walked wherever they went, talked like they talked. And uh, maybe it wasn't apparent Maybe it was like an athlete or something. If, if you were an athlete and you wanted the same swing as your favorite athlete or something, um, or it was a celebrity even, or a singer or musician, whatever it is, I feel like even as adults, uh, there are those people that we look up to, right? That we would even go so far as to want to be like them. We might copy them or copy their, their style or the way they walk or talk. Uh, we might imitate them because maybe we want to be like them. And you see, as, as Christians, it's, it's our natural desire to be like our, our God, to be like our dad. Like we, we have this natural bent towards looking up to, wanting to, to walk like, wanting to talk like, wanting to be like our father in heaven. And here in this section of Ephesians chapter five, Paul starts off with this saying, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. So we are to be imitators of God, our father, our, our dad. And that, that word imitators in, in, in the original Greek, um, that Greek word is mimetis, which literally like translates to mimic, okay? Mimic, mimic God, his characteristics, the way that he walks, the way that he, he talks, like my son was doing to me. Um, and I, I just, I want to be clear of what Paul is not saying here, okay? What Paul is not saying, he's not saying just think about God a little bit more. Like, just think about God or just admire God a little bit. Okay, those are all, those are important things. Yes, yes and amen to those two things. But um, he's saying, no, like to just think about God isn't enough. To, to just admire God from a distance, that, that isn't enough. We are to imitate God or mimic 
God. Say what he says, do what he does, walk like he walks, which I hear that and I go, that, that's, a big, that, that's a big call. That's a big task for us. And Paul then says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Now, I, I don't want to miss this part because this part is super, super important to us. We need to make sure we understand this before we move on to, to, to what's next, the rest of what Paul is saying. Um, what Paul is saying here is, is honestly what, in what he's not saying, and let me explain that. He's not saying be imitators of God in order to become God's children. He's not saying be imitators of God in order to become beloved children of God, right? Like this is really important. This is the belief before the behaviors piece. And you see in, in, every, in every other religion in the world, it teaches us that, hey, if we just do the right things, if we, if we just do the right things, if we just keep up the rules, if we do certain good things and we stay away from bad things, then we will find favor in God, right? But, but Paul first reminds us that we are already beloved children of God. And that means that there's, there's nothing you can do to earn that. There's nothing you can do to climb up that ladder and continue to get that, seek that approval in his eyes that you are already his beloved child. And that comes before all this other stuff we're about to talk about. So that comes before that, before we can even get into these behaviors of what's, what, what we're called to do the, the good things, but also staying away from the bad things. He's already chosen you as a child of God. So be imitators, be, be mimickers, copiers of God as his beloved children already. Okay, so, so after that, like, okay, Paul, how? How are we supposed to be imitators of God? So let's see, ver verse one, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Verse two, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So we're, we're called to imitate God by walking in love. Okay, Paul reminds us, hey, that we are God's children and because of that, walk in love. Well, what, like, what does that mean, Okay. Have you ever heard um, of the saying, loved people love people? Loved people love people. You, Christian, are, are loved, and not just loved by anyone. You're loved by God. You're already a, child, a beloved child of his, so love people. I mean, that sounds easy and like a, well, yeah, duh, love people. Um, but I want to ask you this today, church, is, is there someone in your life right, right now that you need to love? Is there someone in your, in your life that you need to love? Then go love them. Like if, if, you need to, if you need to stand up right now and run out of this room to go love someone, go love them. You're okay to do that. Um, that, that maybe it's that friend of yours that maybe you're just not, you're not in the right place with that friend um, and it's, kind of, it's, it's rocky. Um, and I know maybe you're like, yeah, but Kyle, like you don't know, you don't know that person. You don't know what they did. Like you don't know what they did to me. Like you don't know the situation that's, that's going on. I mean, like they haven't shown me any love, so why would I show love to them? 
loved people love people. Or maybe it's, maybe it's your, maybe it's a relationship with like your, your boss and your boss is just, man, it's so difficult, um, hard on you. Like you've got a crazy boss, whatever. You just feel like you can't do anything right at work. Loved people love people. Or maybe it's that family member. Uh, maybe it's that family member that voted the complete opposite that, that you voted. And man, you are, you are dreading that Thanksgiving meal, right? That all they're going to be talking about is that. And you, they just start a fight every single time. Loved people love people. Like you, you want to you imitate your father in heaven. Walk in love by loving people. And in doing so, it will be a sweet, sweet fragrant offering to the Lord. Loving others is like a sweet fragrance to God. It's, it's an act of worship to God. Okay, and I know, I know it's, I know you're sitting there, I know it's hard to love people. It is, it's hard to love people, but in doing so, like hear me, you're not, it's not just about loving them. Like you're not just loving that, that person, you're loving God through loving that person. And that's an act of worship to God, right? Loving the people that he created and that he loves, we are called to love them too. You loving others is an absolutely sweet, beautiful scent to God. So walk in love. So if, if our goal is to imitate God, okay, and we do that by walking in love and, and loving people because Christ first loved us, because we are first loved by him. What else does that look like to walk in love, right? Like, how, how do we do that? Okay, and Paul's going to lay that out for us right here. So let's, let's pick back up in verse 3. So verse 3 starts with, but, which, again, we had a couple good verses there, but now, here we go. Um, Paul says, but... Sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not be named among you as it is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. So Paul is saying that in order to walk and to walk in love, you must first run. So in order to walk in love, you must first run from sin. Run first. We, we must run from the things in our lives that are trying to pull us further and further away from God into, into darkness and, and what is that darkness that, that Paul is talking about? What are those sins that Paul is talking about here? He lists some of them. Sexual immorality, all impurity, covetousness, filthy and foolish talk, crude joking. Now, you know that this isn't the full exhaustive list, right? This, isn't, this obviously isn't everything, but this is what Paul chose. Paul chose these here, and these are important because he reiterates these a little bit later, right? So we know this isn't everything, but I want to go through these ones that Paul lists here, okay? So let's start with sexual immorality, okay? Everybody's favorite, right? Sexual immorality involves any type of sexual expression 
outside the boundaries of biblical, de- biblically defined marriage relationship. And we need to run from this, he says. Flee from it even. If you've been in church for more than a minute, you know that verse, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, that says, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside of the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Like there's, there's a reason Paul put this in there and first, and he repeats it later that sexual sin is dark. Like sexual sin is dark and it runs deep and we need to run from it. Have no part in it, he says. Especially if we are trying to walk in love with our actions, right? So that one, let, let's move on to the next one. It says all impurity, right? It says all impurity. And I feel like sometimes we see that as, okay, sexual I- impurity, yes. Like, like that can be lumped in there too. But it says all impurity. Okay, this, th- if you remember last week's um, sermon, this can kind of be a reference back to, to last week's in chapter four, verse 19, when Paul said, they have become callous. If you remember that, they've become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. And so um, you can thank me because I did the hard work of looking up the definition of impure on Google, um, typed that in there. And I was like, I want to, I want to know the definition of impure. And what I got was the definition of impure was not pure. So, yep. Uh, it's funny, but it's true. Uh, Tainted, dirty, filthy, unclean, just yucky. We need to run from that. Run from these things. Everything that that we partake in that is impure, run from all impurity. The next one is covetousness, okay? Covetousness. Now, down in verse 8 that I just read, it also calls us, he calls somebody with this an idolater. So idolatry, all right? So this is saying, I can only be satisfied if I just had fill in the blank, right? I I can only be satisfied if I just had whatever it is. And I love that Paul said down there a little bit, like there's a different word you could use, idolater, because covetousness is, is taking something of this world and placing a desire on it and, and a satisfaction to receiving it that only God can bring us, right? We're, we're, we're swapping out uh, the complete satisfaction that can only be found in Christ. Um, and, and we're saying that something else in this world uh, can satisfy our needs more. And I want that thing, right? Like God's satisfaction just isn't quite enough, but this other thing is. The next one is, is filthy and foolish talk, right? And, I, and I, I feel like we know filthy talk. Like we know those things that are right and wrong that should be coming out of our mouths, right? Um, it, again, reminds me of my six-year-old when I took him home from school one day. Um, this is the beginning of the year, so he had just started school, uh, met new friends and everything. And uh, I picked him up and he said to me, uh, hey, dad, one of my friends said a bad word today. I was like, okay. Um, all right. Yeah. And he, he goes, um, it was the S word. I'm like, oh no. Okay. I know I'm going to regret this. Uh, what, what, what was the word? And he's like, it was stupid dad. I'm like, oh, 
Thank you, Jesus. That's a bad word. That is a bad word. Yes, we're trying to teach our kids. Stupid is a bad word, but... You know, so it's, it's like, we know what that, that filthy talk is, right? Um, we know these words that shouldn't be coming out of our mouths, but what is foolish talk? He says filthy and foolish talk. What about foolish talk? Foolish talk can be, um, can be seen as that talk that leads to danger. That talk that is leading us to danger. Like, if, like, you know those chats that maybe, you're, maybe you have at work or at school or whatever it is, like you're chatting with somebody and maybe no filthy talk is coming out of your mouths, none of those words or anything like that seems pretty good, but as the chat is kind of going on, like you just know it's not headed anywhere good. Like this, this, this is, it kind of turns into maybe a little gossipy or something like that, that you're just like, I know where, the, I know where this is going and it's not good, it's unwise where this is going. That, that is this foolish talk that he's saying, run from it. Even run from that kind of talk. So in order to be imitators of God and walk in love, in loving people, because he first loved us, because we are first loved, we must run from the sin of this world. And, and, and hear me, once we, once we run from this sin and the things of this, this dark world that cover us, then, then and only then, can we be what God has called us to be in, in the midst of this darkness? And that is light. So look down at verse eight and we'll read that again for, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. That verse should be a broken record to us now. With, with, with Paul and what he's been saying in the book of Ephesians in this study. Like this whole time he's been saying, remember, at once you were darkness. Like you were dead. You were dead. Like we get it, Paul. Totally understand. You were dead. It says, but, and I, I want you to circle that but on there. Highlight that but underneath that, under, underline that but, because it says you were darkness, but you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of light. All right. So Paul, what does that mean? Like, what does that look like to us? Let's keep reading. We'll go, go back to verse eight. Um, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. So what does that look like? as children of light. What does it look like to walk as children of light? You, you walk in love by loving people because we were first loved. You run from, from sin. You, you don't partner with it. You don't hang out with those who are partnering with it. And here it says this in verse 10, try and discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Right? You know when, when someone is trying to imitate you, like they're, they're, they're try also trying to like to, to please you. They want, they want to be like you. Like my son, like all he wants from me is to be like, dude, you look cool in that hat. Like you, you look awesome, man. 
That, that's, that's what he wants to hear from his dad. And then what, and then what, else, uh, what else do children of light do? Verse 11, they take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. Take no part in, in them. Don't even be around them, but instead expose them, verse 12, for it is shameful to even speak of the things that they do in secret. So I think we've gotten to that, that, that point of this passage where it's the expose, okay, well, what do we do with that? We're called to expose the darkness. Now, I think most of us see this verse and think it means, oh yeah, like I'm gonna pull out my God flashlight and I wanna shine it on all the evil that is going around in this world. Like I wanna expose all that sin and evil and shine a light on it and shine a light on those people hoping that like I want them to see that light, right? I want them to be saved because of that. Sure, like, yeah. However, I feel like we need to be careful here. Okay, because we've, we've seen this too much with, with Christians because these days wanting to call out other people's sins in, in people's lives, and they do it with condemnation, and they do it with shame and with guilt. And that is not what we are called to do. We are called to walk in love and expose the darkness in love. And that means to love those who are in darkness, to love those through their darkness, not condemning them, not shaming them, but doing it out of the love that God first loved us with. And if that's our only application here for this exposing the darkness piece, then we've totally missed the boat on this, all right? It's, it is so tempting to use our God flashlight to shine on other, other people's sin, uh, but it's so easy to forget to shine that light right back on ourselves, right back in our faces, over our hearts, exposing the darkness within our own lives, right? And this, this is the hard part that we want to skip over because we know the darkness in our own lives, Right? We, like, we don't want anybody else to see them. We've hidden it pretty good. Um, we don't want any light shined on it and exposing it. We just want to keep those things dark, keep those things hidden, and let everybody else kind of work on their own sin. Like, we're fine helping others do that, but that's not walking as children of light. Like, that's not walking in love. That's not imitating our Father in heaven. So is that you today? church? Is that, is that you? Like, do you have some, maybe there's some darkness inside that you're just kind of hiding and you're fine with kind of pushing that back and hiding that, not letting any light expose it, not letting anybody else see that, not bringing it to light yourself and making it visible. Maybe you're more comfortable with shining that light on other people's sin. And maybe it's like, maybe it's out of a good heart of like, I want to help them through this, but we're forgetting about ourselves. And this is, this is really where this, this unity piece that we talked about a few weeks ago um, in the body of, of Christ, like we need each other's help. We need that lovingly, like to help one another expose our own, expose darkness around us, bring that stuff to light, let Christ shine on it. And we need to be honest with ourselves and, and the darkness that we, and, and shine, shine a light right back on ourselves and get others help with that. And so let, let me wrap this up with this last verse. 
Okay, verse 14, follow along with me as I read this. Verse 14, as we wrap this up. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. You know, I feel like there's, um, there's two types of morning people in this world, okay? Um, there's one that uh, when the alarm goes off, right away you're hitting that alarm off, and then you're getting right up, and you're ready to go throughout the day. Is that anybody here? No, because you're at the 1045 service, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or if you're like me, that alarm goes off and you've maybe hit it about 47 times and just keep hitting it, right? And then finally, maybe you're a little reluctant to actually get up and, and, and start your day, get out of bed. Um, but also, I think there are some of those times, if you're like me, that um, the alarm goes off and it just it keeps going off and it keeps going off, and we don't hit snooze or turn it off. It just keeps going and going and going, and, um, and then you get, like, thank God for my wife who gives you the, the wake-up elbow, the jab to your ribs. This is, she's saying, wake up. Like, I can hear that, wake up. And, man, that, like, that elbow is sharp, especially at that time. Like, that elbow's sharp, right, to the ribs. That, that'll wake me up more than any other alarm will. And I think that's what all of us need at times. I think this verse, this passage, I think this is our, our wake-up elbow to the ribs from God. Like, hear me, for some of you, like, you need a wake-up call. Like, darkness, is, it's, just, it's creeping in, it's taking hold. Like, these things that Paul are saying, maybe you're like, oh, yeah, like, that's, that's me, and, 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 and we haven't run from those things yet. We haven't fleed from those things yet, but, but maybe you're just kind of getting trapped in them and stuck in them, and you're falling deeper and deeper into this darkness. And, and it might not seem like it. Like, you might be like, well, everything else is, is totally fine. It might not be um, visible at the moment, and, and you might not even know it. You might not even know how, how much into this darkness you've, you've gotten. You might not realize it. Because maybe you're even focused on other people's and helping other people out with theirs. Like you might need that wake up elbow to the ribs. You know, Paul is saying, wake up. Like Jesus is saying, hey, wake up. You're sleeping. You're falling into darkness. You're slipping away. But you aren't dead anymore. Remember that. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Wake up. He's saying, wake up if your behaviors don't match your beliefs. Wake up and look, to, look at who you're choosing to imitate. Wake up, because you need to run far away from that sin that's been, that's been creeping back in. Wake up and, and walk in love, you beloved child of God. Watch him copy him, mimic him, imitate him, and you'll walk in love and you'll be his light. Will you pray with me, church? God, we thank you for these words from the Apostle Paul. Um, man, God, I, I, it's, it's convicting for me um, it's convicting for me and, and the, the things that I've slipped into, God, that I'm not running away from, God. Um, 
there's those times where I'm not walking in love and walking in light. God, I, I, I pray that if we're sitting here today and, um, and we've got that conviction from you, Holy Spirit, of, of man, maybe there's, maybe there's some things that we haven't fleed from. Maybe there's some things that we just need to absolutely run from the other way. God, maybe there is some darkness in our lives that we haven't exposed to, to light, that we haven't shined your light on, God, that we're just, we're keeping it hidden and we're keeping it away from, from others. We're not letting them see it, God, because maybe we're a little bit com- more comfortable with helping others with their sin than, than our own. And God, I just pray that you, you, you come into our lives even more this morning and transform us and, and, and urge us, God, to, to expose that, to bring it to light. God, I, I, I pray that um, some of these things, if, if we are struggling with them, God, that we bring them to you, that we lay them down at your feet, knowing that we, we don't have to deal with this stuff anymore, God, that we are, not, we are not in darkness anymore, we are not dead anymore, that we are light and we are children of light. And so, Jesus, I, I, I thank you for that, and I just, I, I urge us, God, to, to expose that in ourselves, to walk in light and walk in love. God, we, we know that we are loved and we just pray here that we can leave this room loving others because you have loved us. Jesus, we thank you so much for this time together and we pray these things in your name, amen.